When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I have a feeling in this episode, we're going to talk a lot about time. And I don't mean like wasting time or losing time and running over time or anything like that. But there's several things in here just in the news with Star Trek and in a certain trailer and in a certain episode that all have something to do with time. So welcome everyone to Positively Trek. I'm Bruce Gibson. And with me, as he always is on time, is Dan Gunther. How you doing, Dan? They say time is the fire in which we burn. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Excited to talk about time. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about it because we have the Picard season two trailer out and there's stuff about time in there. And I was thinking about this latest episode of Prodigy, which is time amok. And, you know, we're, we always have a great time. And we, we know that, <laughs> And we know the time of new seasons coming. So that's what I'm thinking. Time, time, time. And, but we'll we'll burn it through this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, I, I got to say, I was I was so excited to get all the, the schedules and stuff for the shows and the premieres and the notices of renewals. And I totally thought that would be the biggest news thing this week. But then they dropped a trailer like, oh, man, our cup runneth over this week. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's do it. We're going to go through. The news of all the new stuff that's coming out this year. We're going to go through the trailer to Star Trek Picard. We're also going to talk about some Hallmark reveals, which I'm excited about. And then we'll talk about the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. Every time I say that title, I look down at my notes because I'm afraid I'm going to say Amok Time. Oh, totally. I'm so used to saying that. <laughs> you know, I've seen that title written so many places, and I think my brain, when I'm reading it really fast, just goes Amok Time over top of it. And I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is I went back to last week's episode on Paramount Plus just to see if the title was corrected to say first con dash tack, and it's there now. Oh, okay. I was wondering about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know when they changed it on there, but I did notice that a few days ago. So mm. we're all good on that. So let's go ahead and talk about the news because we are getting stuff that we already knew we're getting, but we now know more when we're getting it, which mm -hmm. is very important. And there's some other stuff in here too. So let's talk discovery because we've just got what three more episodes of prodigy left. And so that will make us the 10 episode run. And mm -hmm. then we are going to get Discovery right after that. So the last episode of this 10 episode arc for the first half of season one, 
That ends February 3rd. Then the next week, February 10th, we get Discovery episodes 8, 9, 10, and on and on to 13, which we'll get to in a moment. So we do know that. I think that's the thing we've already known about. Mm -hmm. But here's the kicker. It's been confirmed that we're getting a season five. Yes. Yes. So excited about that. Season five of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna do something a little out of character for me and say, suck it, haters. Ha ha ha. Absolutely. I knew you were going there. I could tell. I was like, here we go. This is when I really, really like Dan when he goes after the haters. <laughs> but yeah, season five. I mean, we all kind of knew that was coming, but you know, it's just good to have it officially announced. And you know, they didn't say the last season either, mm-hmm. right? Nope. You know, they could have said it's been renewed for its fifth and last season, but they didn't say that. Nope. No, yeah. And I mean, one of these days we will find out that, you know, whatever season of Discovery is going to be its last season. I think at this point with five seasons, we can call the show a success uh, I personally hope it keeps going. I hope there's many more seasons after season five, but I've hoped that for every Star Trek series I've ever watched my entire life. Like I would have loved if they were up to season 15 of TNG at some point or, you know, whatever, right? I always want more Star Trek. So uh, yeah, really excited for any more discovery we get. Now, interestingly though, season five they announced will only be 10 episodes, so it will be the shortest Discovery season yet, bringing it kind of in line with all of the other, most of the other Star Trek shows that are on right now. Yeah, I saw that in the uh, Trek Core article that's in our show notes that people can click on and read, and it specifies that likely when they had the deal with Netflix, they were required to do 13 episodes, but now that they're not doing Netflix, they can oh, narrow it down to 10. That's interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Does it bother you that they're going to shorten the season? Not particularly. I mean, you know, I like I just said, the more Star Trek, the better. And I would love more episodes, but... Uh, at the same time, you know, they they know better about how many hours it's going to take them to tell the story they want to tell. And, you know, I'll just kind of trust them to plot out a great 10 episode arc. And, you know, 10 episodes, I think it worked for Picard and I think it's been working for Lower Decks. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of a little bit slightly more concise storytelling season for Discovery, how they do that for season five. Yeah, I'm with you because it just doesn't really bother me that much. Like you said, we're used to it with some of the others. I would like to have more, but I'm not sitting here disappointed with 10 because, I mean, we're getting all this other Star Trek stuff anyway. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not, I mean, to get a fifth season with 10 episodes and all this other new Star Trek going on, it, it doesn't bother me that much. It's interesting as we're talking through this, it just dawned on me that Discovery now has surpassed in seasons TOS and now Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And of course the animated series. But yeah. you know, but episode wise, it's not as many. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so season wise, you know, if you if you kind of just kind of 
glance at it and don't really take into account the number of episodes. Yeah, there's a lot, lot more seasons, you know, there, it's going to pass uh, Enterprise and, and it's passed TOS a while ago. But yeah, like you said, if you go by number of episodes, not so much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. season one of the original series, I think, was like 28 episodes. Like there were long seasons back then. Yeah, they used to be pretty long. I remember... Uh, reading stuff of older shows not star trek necessarily but just older shows where they would have up over 30 in mm-hmm. a season you know it's just like nobody does that anymore so that that's okay that's okay so let's talk about star trek picard because we were told it was coming in february well they're just gonna miss it a few days which is fine because you know we're getting discovery and so that's starting on march 3rd but this one's very unique to me because we'll be going into episode 11 on March 3rd at the same time we're getting Picard season two, episode one. So we'll have an overlap for three weeks. Yeah. So our speculation was partially correct a few weeks ago where we said, well, Picard probably will be pushed into March now because of Discovery. But they just didn't quite push it enough because yeah uh discovery runs until march 17th and like you said that means the first three episodes of picard will run concurrent with the final three episodes of the fourth season of discovery so you know i'm excited the more star trek the better yada 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 but i kind of do wish it had been pushed just a little further so that we could kind of get that focus on those episodes without kind of having to deal with two episodes because you know the premiere episode of a season is always a big deal and the finale of a season is always a big deal as well and the picard finale is getting kind of stepped on by something else as well with this schedule but yeah, I just don't really understand why they're doing it this way. Uh, I would love to know the reason for it, but because I would think, like you're saying, let Discovery play out, and then when Discovery Season 4 ends, then the next week we go into Picard Season 1. That stretches out the Star Trek schedule of new content over the year, as opposed to having overlap for three weeks. Or have the last episode of Discovery come out when the first episode of Picard, because like you said, a lot of people get excited about the last episode. There'll be a lot of tune in and then they see, oh, Picard's here. And then they watch that and they get interested in Picard. And I don't know if they're thinking they need to have a three episode overlap to get people who are watching Discovery to get hooked on Picard. So by the time Discovery ends, you're already three episodes of Picard and you're hooked. I don't know. That could be, yeah. Just my my whole desire is completely selfish just for podcasting and wanting to focus on these episodes kind of thing. But right. yeah, it does seem strange. It feels like, I don't know, there there must be some other reason besides just these shows that they're like maybe after that they want to get everything done by a certain date because of the next thing coming or something. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, a slight disappointment, not devastating by any stretch. I'm so excited to get these shows and, and I'll be tuning in obviously every week and talking about it with you here on positively track, but I do kind of wish it was a little more spread out. Yeah. But like you said, we're not really complaining. Like That's fine. Hey, bring it on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Speaking of Picard, I did want to just mention one little thing here. Uh, Doug Drexler, 
who a lot of people know as uh, having worked on past Star Trek, starting in Star Trek The Next Generation all the way up through Enterprise, he has been someone who has been fairly critical of the new Star Trek shows and not really a big fan of them. Uh, However, they did bring him and a bunch of the old alumni on to work on season two of Star Trek Picard. And I did want to mention, he has some interesting things to say on social media with regards to Picard. So I'm, I'm going to, I'll edit this slightly for language. I'll paraphrase a little bit, but I did want to just say what he wrote here because I think it's really interesting. Uh, he says, all I can say is that between Orville and Picard coming, you are in for some wonderful treats. Will all the episodes be perfect? Probably not, but I guarantee you there will be things in both that will swell your heart. There is so much to show. It's been two years of saving stuff up. Here is my bargain. I suggest watching at least episode one of season two of Picard. Listen, I was choked up numerous times. I am a hardcore fan from September 1966, an original gangster. There is some satisfying stuff here for an old school fan. There is a heartbeat. Don't forget, I stood the deck of the Enterprise D in the 90s after winning an Oscar instead of doing features. That was where I needed to be. Trek was what was important. So interesting, especially from someone who has been critical and, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And I don't begrudge him that at all. Everyone can have their opinion on any of the shows and stuff. But I just wanted to highlight that as someone whose talent I greatly admire uh, and someone who has been critical of these new shows in the past. Uh, interesting. I'm really excited for Picard season two. And, and that just makes me even more fascinated to check it out. So you said he's working on season two or he worked on season two. Yeah. They brought him and a few of the old school people in for season two. And, and you kind of see that with some of the L cars stuff we've seen, like kind of hearkening back to the older star treks and, uh, Yeah. So, and he also does work on the Orville as well. He's um, one of the one of the behind the scenes people on that show as well. Interesting. Okay. So this is on his what Facebook account? Yeah, he posted this on uh, Facebook. Was where I saw this one. Okay. Yeah, I want to go check it out. I haven't been following him. I don't know why. I know who he is, and I admire his work, but I I didn't even know his opinions about the new shows. So. <laughs> Uh, wow, that's interesting. But see, then I'm also thinking, oh, well, of course he's going to say something good about the show that he's currently working on, right? Like, yeah, there's there's that. Know. There's that. But I don't know. He he sounds very passionate in his in his defense of it here. So that's true. I don't know. I mean, if he didn't even like season two he was working on, he could have just said, you know, hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. Check it out, you know? Yeah, like or he, maybe not even said anything at all. Yeah, Right, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to say anything. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't even have to say anything. Oh, wait, we're on a podcast, though. It'd be weird if we weren't saying anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a bad sign, probably. Yes. So, okay, Picard season three is already in production. We've already known that, so we'll most likely see that next year. And then the next thing is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and that's coming out on May 5th, which is also the season finale for Picard. Well, there's the one-day overlap like we were talking about. Like, I don't understand why they do a three-day overlap with Discovery and Picard, but they do a one-day with Picard and Strange New Worlds. I mean, again, it's fine. 
I'm just curious from a business and scheduling planning perspective yeah. why <laughs> like look looking at it laid out here on the calendar i guess you know maybe just for whatever reason they want picard to start at the start of the month and then strange new worlds as well because yeah. you know picard starts on the first thursday of march and then strange new Worlds starts on the first thursday of may May 5th, by the way, I should just, you know, stick it to the Star Wars fans a little bit here. You have May the 4th, but Star Trek has Revenge of the 5th because we've got the Picard finale and the Strange New Worlds premiere on May 5th. So, ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to bring it up because I thought, uh, maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's interesting, too. So, uh yeah, Strange New Worlds, May 5th. So that's 10 episodes. That's confirmed. And the last episode will be on July 7th. So we are wall-to-wall Star Trek new stuff, at least through July 7th. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of mind-blowing. Like, I'm really excited for this. Me too. I mean, who would have thought that we would have all... I mean, I know that Alex Kurtzman has been talking this up for a while and all this stuff, but... I mean, just thinking back five years ago or so, I mean, I just, I wouldn't have expected it to be like this. I mean, I just think about like the nineties and it's like, I just thought, wow, that's like, that was really the heyday. We'll probably never see anything like that where we have maybe two series at the same time and some movies. And Mm. even though we don't have movies yet, because who knows when that's ever going to happen. I don't care what they say. We just never know. But you know, we're getting different series all like in a row and they're, you know, at that cinematic kind of quality and production value. I mean, it's so cool. Yeah, definitely. And you know, July 7th, that's, that's halfway through 2022 and we're not done with what's coming in 2022 at that point either. Like there's still more Star Trek coming after that. Yeah. Oh, and then they confirmed that we'll get a second season of Strange New World. So that's been mm-hmm. renewed. So that's good. Absolutely. But yeah, to your point then, we are going to get Lower Decks Season 3. That, But we don't have the official dates yet. But I mean, you know it's going to be shortly after Strange New Worlds. I mean, for all we know, they announced it's going to come out July 7th, the first episode. Yeah, it <laughs> could be, know. yeah. First day of July, there you go. That's right. me, That would be consistent. That fits your theory right there, right? So Lower Decks Season 3, 10 episodes, and then again, Prodigy, the second half of Season 1, that's 10 episodes. So that's 20 more episodes we're going to get July 7th or after, sometime Mm -hmm. in that period. So I guess there's going to be some holes in the schedule for the rest of the year, but I mean, who can complain, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) absolutely no you know and if they hadn't have overlapped they wouldn't have had those holes or they'd have fewer of them no i'm just kidding i'll get off my soapbox about that it's really not that big a deal (laughs) right so and then next year we'll get a season four of lower decks and uh a season two of prodigy so really we're kind of starting this all over again in 23 yeah, we're not going to. Yeah, our our episodes are going to be review episodes all the way through at least July 7th. You know, we'll we'll have the news and, and maybe features on, on weeks where there's not a lot of news and stuff. But every episode is going to have an episode review in it as well. <laughs> yeah. And then, OK, so not to bring things down, but we don't know the international play, right? I mean, this yeah. is just really Paramount Plus 
in the U.S. And yes, there's Paramount Plus now in other countries. So I would think for the most part, it's going to mirror on those services. But Paramount Plus isn't available everywhere. And Picard's still licensed to Amazon Prime in some mm-hmm. areas. So, you know, we may be in situations again where some people are getting it and some people aren't because they don't have Paramount Plus in their area. Yeah. And with regards to Canada, for now, uh, this is going to be pretty much what the schedule looks like on CTV Sci-Fi and Crave as well. Maybe uh, delayed by a day uh, or so sometimes, because uh, one thing I'm noticing on Crave is Discovery airs a day after or is available a day later and in the evening on Friday. So we don't get it on Crave until Friday evening after it's uh, gone out on Paramount Plus on Thursday. But Prodigy is available on Thursday on Crave, like first thing in the morning. So That's so weird. Yeah, I'm not sure why the difference there. But uh, yeah, it was confusing when we crossed over to Discovery and I'm looking for it on Friday morning to watch it and going, where is it? Why can't I find Oh, it's not available to fri- till Friday night, apparently. So, But now yeah. is Prodigy on CTV Sci-Fi? Yeah, it is available on CTV Sci-Fi. And I'm pretty sure it airs on Thursdays on CTV Sci-Fi. So, uh, yeah, I, I get it on Crave. But, yeah, folks with cable can watch it there as well in Canada. Yeah, I was just wondering if maybe Prodigy was premiering on Crave on Thursdays because it wasn't on CTV Sci-Fi like Discovery is. And so that's why, you know, because mm-hmm. if it's on CTV Sci-Fi, then they save it the next day for Crave. But that's not the case. It's premiering on Crave and CTV Sci-Fi at the same time. So that's really yeah. odd. I wonder if it's maybe, and I, I, this is not my opinion whatsoever, but I wonder if it's maybe something like, oh, it's just a kid's show. Don't worry about it. Just put it up there. Like it's not as big a deal or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I think just it's wonder, as big a deal, but maybe they don't. <laughs> no, I agree with you too. But, or maybe it's because of Nickelodeon. There's a certain relationship between Nickelodeon and Crave and oh, maybe, CTV yeah. Sci-Fi that works a little differently. I, who knows? Again, I'm interested in the business rules of all this stuff <laughs> and the decisions. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So we got a lot to cover there in all these new Star Trek series. So I'm, I'm excited. So let's, let's not end the excitement right now. Cause I, I do want to talk about this Star Trek Picard trailer. Okay. When did that news come out about when, you know, the schedule and everything we just talked about? That was on January 18th, right? So yeah. they, I remember seeing somewhere they listed the cast of Star Trek Picard season two. And I thought, this is really weird. They still aren't saying Whoopi Goldberg. But we kind of know she's mm-hmm. more likely going to be there. But she wasn't listed as one of the cast members. And I started wondering, maybe Whoopi's not going to be on in season two. Maybe they're doing her for season three or something. Maybe she's not in season two. And then it's just like a couple days later, they release a trailer and there's Guinan. There's Whoopi Goldberg. And I'm like, okay, why didn't you just say that to begin with? Like, I'm surprised they didn't even release the trailer when they made all the announcements of the schedules and the renewals and such. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put forth a theory and this may or may not be correct. I have no idea, but like if they're talking about official cast lists for the season two of Star Trek Picard, I'm wondering if Whoopi Goldberg isn't on it because 
her appearance as Guinan is kind of a cameo for reasons of, you know, actors guild wages and pay and stuff, because she's technically not on the cast list for Star Trek generations. Her appearance in that movie is completely a cameo so that they didn't have to pay her, you know, whatever rate she now commands under the screen actors guild, because, you know, she's such a huge star. And I'm wondering if something similar happened this time around. I thought the same thing because I was like, why wasn't she credited? And I thought, oh, yeah, that's not the first time, right? Yeah, because you said Star Trek Generations. She's uncredited for that. So, yeah, maybe that's the case with this. Or maybe they didn't want this to overshadow that other news and just hold off on it because then they maybe it was like, you know, well, if we release the trailer at the same time as, as all this other announcement, all that other stuff will get overlooked. Everything will be whoopee, whoopee, whoopee. Yeah. Or, or just all Picard or something like that. No, that makes perfect sense to me. I never questioned that because that was totally what I thought was they just want a little room to breathe to, you know, make sure everything gets its due. Cause it was released, I I think about three days after all of the schedules were, were released. They, they put this trailer out there. All right. So let's take a quick listen to that trailer right now. There are some moments that haunt us all our lives. Moments upon which history turns. Well, hello, my friend. What is this? What have you done? Welcome to the road not taken. Do you have any idea what's happening here? Reality has been broken. There is a divergence. I know someone who could help us understand the change in time. I'm gonna need some tea. Earl Grey, piping hot. Hello, Guinan. Your answers are not in the stars, and they never have been. Earth 2024. A single change is vastly more dangerous than you realize. None of our tomorrows are guaranteed. You're gonna have to let go. We're stronger together. You must bring us home. This is a very bumpy century. But uh, I think I'm getting the hang of it. I believe you have one final frontier yet to come. All right, Dan, I need to know, because we haven't talked. What did you think about the trailer? Yeah, it's okay. No, I'm just kidding. I loved it. (laughs) Of course I loved it. Uh, Man, there's so much in this trailer, so much to talk about, so many really cool things Uh, that I'm just really excited about. I was already excited for Picard season two, but man, oh man, oh man, (laughs) this really got the hype train going for me. Yeah, same here. I I mean, I've seen some of the other teasers and such, and I've been excited about that, but watching this trailer really got me really excited because it looks so much like, you know, Picard dealing with whatever's going on in his time and then Q's changing the history and they're dealing with that and there's Elnor and 
you know, looks like he's in pain. Something's happening to him and everybody's just running around all this action. And then, you know, they go back into the past. And so, of course, we're seeing all these things out of order, but there just seems to be a lot going on. So now to you, did it look like they were doing like the slingshot maneuver around the sun, like Star Trek for the voyage home? Because that yeah. looked kind of like that to me. That's pretty cool. I did think that I wondered that, you know. But I also get to points where I'm like, well, I don't want to keep going back to the well. You know, it's like it's that fine line of I mean, it makes sense to do that if that's mm-hmm. what it is, you know. But I just, you know, I, I don't want I don't want people to start saying like, oh, you know, this is just the voyage home in a 10 episode Picard. Or something. But I'm sure it's a lot more than that. I'm sure it's yeah. not about whales. I, I honestly prefer that they do that rather than come up with the 67th new way that people yeah. travel through time. Like, no, yeah. let's, we, we have so many things to draw on. You know, you have over 50 years of Star Trek to draw on. Let's use some of these concepts and stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Or maybe Giorgio comes through the Garnia forever and takes them back into the past. <laughs> you will not let this go, Bruce. You really to want to know where Giorgio went. I want to know where she lands so bad. <laughs> and I'm not going to know this year. So, oh, wow. But yeah, there's um, so much there. I mean, is there anything else that really stood out to you? I mean, seeing Guinan is just fantastic. And I love how the bar that she's tending, she has a bar on Earth. It's on, was it uh, Forward Road or Avenue yeah, or something? Yeah, it was number 10, 10. Forward Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's pretty neat. So, yeah. yeah. I do have to admit, and I, I talked a bit with about this with Brandy on the live show as well. We talked a little bit about the trailer. When I first watched the trailer, I wasn't, you know, really following it as closely as I did. I wasn't picking it apart as closely. And to me, it looked like Picard was visiting Guinan in a bar in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And that got me really excited because I was like, Oh, you know, Picard and Guinan's paths cross at all these different points in time. Cause they first met in the 18th century or the 19th century, excuse me. Um, Guinan didn't know Picard then, but Picard knew her. And, and, you know, that was when they first met from Guinan's perspective. And then, you know, later on in the 24th century, they meet and stuff and, and go on adventures. But like in the 21st century, Picard, after all of that goes back and meets her there. How cool is that? It's like, it's like the doctor and river song. It's like their kind of relationship, but, uh, you know, looking at the trailer, it's pretty clear. I think that's actually in the, in the like 24th, 25th century that the, the bar is unfortunately, but you know, maybe they will still meet Guinan of the past in the 21st century or something. I got really excited about that. (laughs) I sometimes wonder how much we should speculate. I don't want to ruin things for anybody, you know, or something, but yeah, in the bar, in the background, there's an Andorian. Yeah, and that's what I picked up the second time around. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) However, I read a review of the trailer on trekmovie.com, and they noticed that Picard arriving outside the bar in one of the shots looks like it's at a different time period than Mm. the 24th, 25th century or whatever this takes place, as if maybe he arrives at the bar in the future and also again in our present. So we might okay. see Guinan in both places. 
Yeah, that would be really cool. And I, I do remember, yeah, when he walked up to the bar, that's where I was getting the impression it was like the, the 21st century. And then it was later, I was like, oh, shoot, no, there's an Andorian. So yeah, maybe it is too, like you said, it's very disjointed. It's all out of order. Who knows what little clues they might be feeding us that we have no idea about. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm 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 like stoked. It's so weird to think though we're going back to discovery before Picard because in my mind it's like oh Picard's the next <laughs> thing now. Oh no, we got to give discovery its due. <laughs> oh, we have to absolutely. It's like I feel like the trailer right now, like going back and forth in time. You know, we're on, we're on Prodigy, <laughs> then we go Discovery, now we go back to Prodigy, then back to Discovery, and then we're in both time periods of Picard and Discovery, and then we just go to the Picard time period, which goes to different time periods, and it's all about time. That's what this episode is: is time, time, absolutely. Time. Some other quick shout outs from the trailer, though, that I have to give, of course, the uh, the starships at the beginning, we get some more classic type starships, uh, the Nova class ships from Voyager, like the Equinox, and then a Steamrunner class ship, it looks like from First Contact and Deep Space Nine. That was cool. All the fans who were saying like the cut and paste fleet, they called it from the end of season one, getting some more ship action than that. So that's kind of cool. I wonder if Doug Drexler had anything to do with that. <laughs> I wonder. Hmm. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Q, of course, Q with his bits in this and uh, Brent Spiner playing what might be yet another song, maybe. I don't know. Yes. I'm glad you brought that one up. I think so. I mean, it's so funny how everyone in his family for centuries all look exactly alike. Just very strong genetics, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine looking at pictures of relatives in your past and they all the guys look just like you? <laughs> you know, it'd actually be really funny and kind of almost fitting with the Sung, you know, what, what they've done over the years that, like, maybe they never did, you know, raise traditional families. They just keep cloning themselves or something through the generations. Oh, I like that, actually. That's that good. would be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. And uh, then the last, the other thing I want to mention, uh, Annie Wershing as the Borg Queen, we get to see more of her and wow, what a creepy kind of horrific look for the Borg Queen. I really like that. Yeah. She being plugged into La Serena. Is that what I think is going on here? It looks like it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's doing the calculations for their time travel or something. Maybe she's on the good side now. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll find out. I can't wait to see them in modern day Los Angeles because anytime I go driving around L.A., I'm going to think, I'm looking for Rafi and Seven and Jean-Luc. they got to be around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they say 2024 in the trailer. Yes. And boy, do I ever hope the COVID-19 pandemic is over by then. I, that's what I want to find out watching this. Like, is it over? Interesting point. Yeah. Are we going to see anybody in masks? <laughs> yeah. There you go. And also, of course, 2024, the year of the bell riots from the Deep Space Nine two-parter past tense. And They've got to mention that. They've there, got to. There are references to it already that we've seen. So. Wait, we have? Yeah. There's signs for sanctuary districts, I guess, and <gasps> stuff. I missed that. Yeah, so they they know, like the creators and writers know what they're doing. I feel like there's some kind of tie-in somehow. 
I just got the shivers. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. All right. All right. Okay. That's great. So let's move on from there. Um, Yeah. We're just, uh, what, five weeks roughly or so from that. So yeah, we're not that far away. Is it really that? Or six weeks, probably closer to six weeks. Anyway, it's coming soon. I, I can't wait. So I'm really excited. Me too. So let's talk Hallmark, because I saw that you threw this in here. You want to talk about this. We've got some new ornaments coming out in July. We have Scotty, and then in October we have McCoy. And these are the Mir Mir ones where they can talk to each other, right? Yeah, so this is the third year of the of the Mirror Mirror Storyteller ornaments and i think this yeah this completes the set i think this year uh so scotty and mccoy and once you plug them all together with all the other figures they do something like a seven minute long rendition of the episode mirror mirror uh as we as kevin dilmore from hallmark and star trek author talked to us about back in really early uh, days of the positively trek podcast we had him on so uh this looks pretty cool I I will, of course, get them because I got to complete my collection. (laughs) Okay, so you have got the others then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do have them all so far. So do they talk to each other now or do you have to have the whole complete collection? They do talk to each other. They kind of, based on how many you have plugged in together, they do like a pared down version. So even if you just had two of them, it would do like part of it, the scenes that involve those characters. But if you have all of them together, it gives you the full story. And do they do that on the tree or do you have to have them like standing next to each other? Yeah, they you can have them standing next to each other. You can hang them on a tree. Just, wow. yeah, however you want to display them. <laughs> that is so cool. I want to see when these come out and you get them next Christmas, I want to see video of this, of them all talking to each other on your tree. That I will do that for you. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, that's just so funny to me. <laughs> the tree's talking. <laughs> it sounds like a whole conversation. I could just see that. I can see that we go to bed and my wife wakes up in the middle of the night. I hear people downstairs talking. And I'm like, oh, the Hallmark board, if it's something must have, the cats must have hit one and they all start talking to each other. <laughs> okay, this just shows the kind of person I am because the thing I'm also excited about here more than anything are the itty bitties plush dolls. Mm-hmm. Those are great. You know, we got Judge (laughs) Q coming and I never thought Judge Q was cute until I saw him as an itty bitty. (laughs) (laughs) They're pretty great. I don't have a lot of these, but uh, my wife did get me a two, uh, a two itty bitty set of Captain Janeway and seven of nine. And uh, I like that. That's they're really cute. They're really cool. Yeah. I don't have these. And then I also see that we're getting mere, Uhura and Sulu also. Mm-hmm. So the, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uhura with her bare midriff and Sulu with that big scar down the side of his face. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing says festive holiday spirit, like backstabbing <laughs> evil versions of our, of our enterprise crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'd, I'd have them fighting each other for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And then there's this, uh, Enterprise, the classic Enterprise bridge view screen picture frame. So, you know, when they're looking at the view screen, you could put your picture in the view screen and display that. I'd like to see, I like, there's just one picture of this here on Trek Core that I'm looking at. I'd Mm -hmm. like to see like the whole, like 
all angles of it. I'm just curious, like how thick it is and stuff. Yeah. I'd like to get kind of an idea of the size of it and stuff Yeah, too, but uh, it looks kind of cool. A little bit kind of cheesy, I guess, but that's okay. You know, I, I bet you, you know, the shelf behind me that you're looking at, this might not look bad as yeah. part of the setup back here. And people who watch my YouTube channel will know what I'm talking about. I have one of those Ikea shelves with all this Star Trek stuff and books that might look pretty good on that shelf. I'll have I to see so. if my local store has one this Christmas and I'll just take a peek and see. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I'm going to put a picture of Clint Howard in there <laughs> as Baylock, but <laughs> the older go. version of him. <laughs> the, the puppet version. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and okay, this is something I think I do need a Borg regeneration chamber phone stand. It's not a phone yeah. charger. <laughs> But yeah, you just rest your phone, your like cell phone in it. This looks really cool. I kind of do wish it was a, a wireless charger just because like it's a regeneration chamber. It'll regenerate your phone. Right. right? <laughs> but uh, it is just a stand for holding your phone. But it's pretty cool. I like it. I think it's neat. It's like a, yeah, regeneration alcove, but your phone stands up in it. Yeah, because I could use something like that. I had one that was just like from a convention, not a Star Trek convention, like a business convention. It was a little mm. blue chair. And I would sit my phone in the little blue chair. And, you know, whatever. It was fine and stuff. But for some reason, I got rid of it or gave it to somebody. I didn't want it anymore. I don't know. But I really could use like a little stand for my phone on my desk. And this is this is it. This is the perfect thing. I'm going to I'm going to get this one. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's coming in the fall. So Gotta yeah, that's, a while. that's another one that I'll, I'll take a look at if there's one local in my store here and, and just kind of see and like, do I need this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't need it. It's do I want this? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, last thing that I like too, and it's one of those things that have to really see, you know, cause I need to see the weight and everything for it are these uh, bookends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I almost said bookmarks. I'm like, they're not bookmarkers. <laughs> bookends, and it's mirror, mirror. And so one half of the bookends is the shoulder and right right side of Kirk, his shoulder uh, and right breast area that shows his mirror, mirror uniform. And then the other one is from the prime universe of the gold with the delta sign of the regular Kirk uniform. Mm -hmm. side by side which is pretty cool these are pretty neat yeah i i you know not must-haves for me but they're pretty cool i think that would look really great on a shelf yeah especially with books star trek books yes absolutely for sure oh wow now i think about it i want to get these and just have a special display of just my mirror universe books oh this. there you go yeah the the short story collections and David Max novels and yes. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. And that would be it. That those books only the mirror universe books are right here. Yeah. You could throw in like the, the mirror mirror collection that, of comics that, that yeah. I think DC did. Yeah. Throw that in there. Yeah. So, okay. There you go. We're going to do it. Lots of stuff <laughs> happening, man. This is a busy year. Oh yeah. Okay. So, Let's go on to talk about this latest episode of Prodigy, Time Amok. But before we do that, listen to this wonderful message. 
Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters for helping us to bring you this episode of Positively Trek. We truly could not do it without your support. To join the ranks of our Patreon supporters, such as Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, Jim Stoffel, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, Paul D. Kinnear, and John Blaber, please go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. You can join at any level to receive perks such as early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content. And at higher levels, there are shoutouts and associations producer credits, and much more. Thank you once again for your support of Positively Trek. And now, let's get back to the show. You know me, I'll only mess it up. I can't! You can. When humans first went into space, there was a mission aboard a ship called Apollo 13. Its crew was in a jam, not unlike your own. While their ship wasn't equipped with what they needed, they didn't give up. They used whatever they had on board to get back home. And you, Dow, have a little something they did have. Uh, warp matrix? Ingenuity. Okay, so there you go. So let's talk about Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. And I have to say that, uh, interesting episode. I'm just going to say it like that. Because we haven't talked what we thought yeah. of this episode, so... Uh, it's the eighth episode of the first season, and uh, I hope it stands up with the others for you, Dan. Interesting. I'm, hmm, I'm really curious what you think of this episode <laughs> now, because you didn't really give anything away there at all. Uh, yeah, episode eight, we've got the uh, the protostar flying into this strange tachyon storm anomaly, and like you say, all sorts of timey-wimey crazy stuff going on. I love the title, first of all, Time Amok. It's kind of the second, I guess this isn't really a pun title like last week's was, but it's, you know, a play on a classic title, right? Amok Time. And we've got Time Amok, which, you know, kind of works for what happens in the episode. Yes. And I always like time episodes, you know, if they're not overdone. This one really works for me. I, I love how there's this, thing that happens which we'll get into here and the ship is kind of in these different time zones <laughs> let's just put it that way for now and uh and it separates our crew and they have to do things on their own so it is quite interesting i want to focus like start off with the first thing in the episode we get a training officer's log from janeway which was nice listening to but what is up with that start date 607125.6 right six digits and then a point six that tells me that they're probably going to run into discovery somewhere in the 31st century <laughs> or whatever they are yeah i don't know what that's about i don't understand uh where they got that date from it seems very large and not fitting with what we know of what they've said where it takes place before and it feels like something that i mean i i don't know maybe it could have been something that slipped through but it also feels like you know all the editing they had to do and the fact that they can just redo you know voices pretty easily rather than shooting a scene like I don't know. Like, it feels purposeful, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, I don't know either. I thought, is this a mistake, or are we supposed to assume it's way out into the future? And then I was just happened to be reading about the episode on Memory Alpha. Oh, I think I just got to the part you're talking about here. <laughs> right? What's the producer's name? Is it Aaron Walt Waltke? That's my best guess. 
And also just a little side note, uh, Aaron popped into the chat of the live show that Brandy and I did the other day. And uh, I should have asked about this. But uh, I didn't think to at the time, but that was so cool. So what, what, anyway. what was he saying in the chat? Just hanging out? Yeah, just hanging out and just uh, talking a little bit about some of the stuff from the episode. And uh, people, of course, in the chat were saying how awesome the show was and he was thanking them and all that kind of stuff. So cool. it was really cool, really cool for him to drop by there. Well, in Memory Alpha, he says that the start date's unusual number was the first hint that time was being distorted. Hmm. I'm thinking, is that really true? Because they didn't go into that tachyon storm yet when yeah. that was said. It goes on to say that uh, Hologram Janeway's temporal settings were already being affected by the approaching tachyon storm, something she observes later in the episode. So, okay. All right. I can kind of get behind that. Like, if she was a flesh and blood person separate from the computer she might like read a clock and been like stardate 607125. wait that's not right what the heck but yeah. because she's just part of the ship systems maybe she just reported it without thinking without you know analyzing it and just like oh that's what my internal clock is saying it is so that's what you know maybe i don't know it yeah. sounds like a little bit of a like I could be wrong, but it sounds a little bit like, whoops, we made a mistake. Uh, it was just this, but. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it also could be completely intended, so. <laughs> I don't know, but but then again, most kids wouldn't even pick up on the star date meaning anything. So, you know, I mean, were they being clever for us fans that would pick up on this? And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah, see. we'll I'm let it we'll, we'll accept that answer anyway. It works, right? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So I like that they were on the holodeck. That was fun. They're doing the whole chicken fox and the the bag of grain riddle thing, and you know they're trying to learn that they need to work together, which they weren't learning in that moment. <laughs> so, but just no. you know <laughs> them chasing around a chicken and stuff seemed you know cute and a lot of fun. Yeah. It was enjoyable. I, I do have to say I loved seeing them in that setting, that it was just like a nice summer's day, you know, nice and peaceful other than foxes chasing chickens and all that stuff. But, you know, it was just like a nice setting for them to be in that wasn't, you know, a starship and wasn't like a strange alien planet or something. It was just nice. Yeah. And then because they failed at it, Dow's like pouting about it. And then he finally confesses to Janeway, we're not Starfleet cadets. You know, I lied. This is we've been lying about this. And she's like, oh, like you you've been lying. Oh, yeah. We stole the starship. I'm surprised she didn't <laughs> shut it down right there. Like, you know, and just throw them in the brig. Yeah. I mean, Janeway knew the hologram knew this That's whole what time. I was thinking, she like knew. <laughs> you did what? This is my shocked face. <laughs> like, I, I totally feel like, yeah, she knew yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And if she didn't. We're going to say she did. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so then, okay, so then we see the diviner and we see our Ferengi Nandy say like, oh, I know where the ship is. I know where the protostar is. It's here, you know, all that stuff. And the, it, it would take them months to get the Rev 12 there. So I thought it was interesting. If they know the location, they were able to send a program there to recreate Dreadnought 
on the ship. I thought I kind of I thought that was really cool actually. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. I like that, you know, using the vehicle replicator basically to create this this second version of him. I I like how well thought out this show is, like how they introduce the vehicle replicator very early on and then use it now in this episode for this purpose. I think that's really cool. It's a really nice little bit of a Chekhov's gun kind of thing. Yeah, as opposed to being introduced to the vehicle replicator in this episode and just be like, wow, and then conveniently there's a vehicle replicator that can do this. <laughs> yeah, that just really goes to show like the cleverness of of plotting this all out from the beginning. Like I'm assuming this was an idea they had very early on so that, like you said, they introduced that vehicle replicator early because that way, yeah, it doesn't come across as just like a, you know, oh, how convenient kind of thing. Yes. I think the vehicle replicator is something that Voyager really could have used. But they had Tom Paris, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like they did have that because I don't understand how they had so many shuttles. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just going to assume they did. There again. We, we figured it out. So, so, yeah, they go to this tachyon storm. And it's going to affect the gravity of the ship, which is going to be a problem because the gravity keeps the protodrive stable. If the protodrive isn't stable, and this could then affect there being a core breach and all this stuff, and the ship could explode, okay? So then this pulse goes through the ship, and everybody's like, what's that? Wait, what, 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 what? And then Jankum Pog is trying to save the ship with Janeway there, and it explodes. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God. Gosh, for a kid's show, they killed everybody. <laughs> it's over. Oh, but Bruce, it has time in the title. You had to know. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been funny if that's just how it ended? That's it. Aww. Show's over. <laughs> but of course, it's not over because, first of all, time was sped up with Jenk and Pog, but then Janeway is all in these different temporal places and such the hologram Janeway and so all of a sudden she's on the ship again she's like how am I here what's going on and she runs into rock talk but everything else on the ship is moving slow so in one realm things are moving fast and the next one it's moving slow and she then discovers later through going through these different ships that it's like this wave you know where you know it's first fast and then for the next person in a phase, it's slow and back to fast and slow. So everybody has an alternate speed of the time that they're living on on the ship by themselves because none of the rest are there with them. I thought that was so clever. I really liked that explanation and, and how they're kind of setting this up for the different characters and, and the environment they find themselves in. And also, one of the things that I really loved and noted about this episode is uh, how hologram Janeway explains things to rock talk and she really changes the way she explains things or speaks when she's talking to the different members of the crew and for rock talk, she really simplifies things and makes it very simple and very easy to understand. And I, I just really loved that. Like she's got this like different mode almost that she switches into for explaining something to a younger child I love that. I thought that was just a, like a really subtle, but really fun, interesting way to have that explained to the audience. Yeah. And that's true because that's what she's doing, right? She's explaining it to the young audience 
that's watching this so they understand what's going on. And I appreciate it because it means that I more than likely will understand what's going on now too. <laughs> yeah. And just the right amount of techno babble. Like there's, right. there's some great high level Star Trek. Let's make this make sense, even though it doesn't make any sense. Techno babble in this episode. And it was perfectly done. <laughs> nice. Now I didn't see the live show with you and Brandy. So I have to ask, which by the way, if anybody hasn't seen a live show, they're always on YouTube to watch later. You don't have to see it live if you didn't catch it, but did I'm assuming this episode made her cry because usually she cries at anything because I think <laughs> the whole stuff with Rock Talk was very touching. Very much so. Uh, this episode made me cry. I will absolutely admit that both times that I watched this. And uh, yes, it absolutely made Brandy cry. And that was on my mind as I was watching it, thinking, if this is affecting me this much, Brandy must be a mess. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We both think those things. Anytime I see something in Star Trek that I get a little choked up, I'm like, oh, Brandy's probably really losing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was sufficiently moving to all of us who watched it, I think, in yeah. this case, because... Yeah, I I got actually the second time I watched it and Brandy said this was the same for her as well. The second time I watched it, it affected me even more than the first time. Yeah, same. Yeah. Interesting. I think in my case, it was because I was watching it with Nikki the second time and I could tell it was really affecting her as well. And I I put the pathetic and empathetic. <laughs> so I really mirror the emotions of people around me and and it just kind of makes me more emotional too so yeah we were both really affected by this episode i think it was more affected the second time because the first time i was crunching on caramel popcorn so it, mm. you know takes the the ambiance away <laughs> you know it's hard to be sad when you're eating caramel popcorn this episode <laughs> right. of positively track brought to you by caramel popcorn no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, mm, it's so good but anyway yeah i I really like Rock Talk in this. Well, I mean, I like Rock Talk and everything, but it's just, she's so sweet and innocent. And, you know, she has to repair the warp containment. And she's just like, I can't. I can't. That little voice. I can't. I can't, you know. And it's just, but you have time and you can do this. And she gets so upset and she shuts off Hologram Janeway and she really is all by herself. Yeah. For, and and in right before that, Janeway says, for you, it will feel like an eternity. Yeah. And like that was echoing through my mind. Like, oh, how long is she going to be in there and by herself? So let's jump to the end because, I mean, we'll get back to the other stuff, people. I'm not just jumping to the end and we'll skip everything. <laughs> but just talking about Rock Talk, when Gwen approaches Hologram Janeway and asks about Rock Talk, and how long she was there and how she's doing. She says, you know, she was alone too long. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does that mean? You know, like, is she messed up? <laughs> you know, I mean, or just like, I, 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 there's going to be some play off of this later. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of like, she did a lot of growing during that time yeah. as far as like emotionally and, and, and intellectually, I guess, yes. like she learned a ton and she seemed to learn a lot about what she wants and, and who she wants to be and stuff. And I, I got to say, I love the message. And I kind of went off about this on the live show as well. I love the message of this episode that just because you look a certain way, 
and society has these expectations of you because you look a certain way, it does not mean that you have to fulfill those expectations and, and do what society says you should do. Right. And, you know, rock talk is large and physically imposing. And they say, you know, oh, you're the security officer. She does not want to be the security officer. She doesn't just want to be the muscle. And I love that, like, she kind of proves herself in this and makes the people around her understand that that's not what she wants to do. That's not all she's capable of. Just looking at her, like, that's all you see. But that there's way more to her than just that. And I got to ask, have you seen the, the most recent Disney movie, Encanto? Yes, I have. Louisa. Louisa is Rock Talk and Rock Talk is Louisa. They both have that same story arc in the in the movie, you know, where yeah. or in the in the end in the show where Louisa is like the big strong woman who, you know, everyone gets her to just kind of do everything big and physical and she feels all this pressure and that's not all she wants to do and stuff. I love that. I I just love that there's these two pieces of media that are geared towards kids that are teaching this lesson that I think is such an important lesson, you know, whereas like the old stuff, like old Disney stuff was always, you have to do what society says. You have to get married and live happily ever after and blah, 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 you know, flipping the script on that a little bit. The lesson here is you don't have to do what society expects of you. You don't have to just be what, you know, society thinks you are when they look at you. I love that. I'm just thinking of my daughters who, of course, now are 20 and 17, but when they were younger, if the show was on and they watched it, I would probably bring the show up when they say they can't do something, you know, mm -hmm. if they're just like, you know, well, I don't know, I won't be able to do that. And I would probably point to this episode and said, well, Rock Talk didn't think she could do something, but she was able to do it later. She doubted herself, but she was able to do it. And I would say, but it wasn't easy because we saw like Jenkin Pog, he wasn't able to do it because he didn't have the time. If you put the time into it, you'll eventually be able to do it. It doesn't happen automatically. And it's like what she said earlier uh, in the episode, or I guess it was a little later in the episode. She took 276 tries to rebuild Janeway's program. You know, yeah. She had it all marked up. And it's like, <laughs> try, try and try again. And the more you try, you eventually get there. You can actually do it if you put the time and the effort into it. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that moment, too, I, I love that reveal that like we get the kind of fade and you realize that time has passed. You see all the food and she tries this one more time to activate Janeway and Janeway activates and she says, well, but if you already built the warp matrix and the, the like virtual camera pulls back and you see it completed there, well, why did you need me? Well, no one told me where to put it. She <laughs> says, I love that reveal that she already built this thing. Like, you know, she just eventually did do it. And that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, imagine how much she was able to do and put that together and then get to the end and go, well, now where do I put it? Oh. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I wrote that down. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I love that. It was just like all the accomplishments, but she still needs that direction, that little advice of, you know, what's next. I'll do it, but you got to help show me what, what's the next thing to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Which, again, that's kind of been a recurring theme in various episodes of this as well, where, you know, 
it's not a bad thing to ask for help, you know? Right. I love that. Yes. Dan, I need help editing this episode. Would you do no I'm kidding. <laughs> I can I can absolutely help. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about the other characters here. We had Zero. So after Rock Talk earlier in the episode, uh, Janeway then is on the ship in this different time vortex or whatever it is with Zero. And Zero has figured out that they need to create that warp matrix. But that's when they also figured out, you know, there's going to be those who are experiencing a faster period of time and those who are experiencing a slower time. And of course, we have Zero in the fast period of time so they don't have the time to really devote to putting the warp matrix in but like in the holodeck when jamie is like you have to work together as a team all of a sudden that's starting to click because zero knows i'm running out of time so what do they do they pass on that information to the next person who is murph <laughs> and Janeway does like a uh, almost classic Picard face palm. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was rewatching it the second time and Janeway notices Murph, she's like, Oh no. And I was like, wait, I don't remember what Murph does in this episode. And then they go to the next, person they go to Dow. they just really do just skip over murph <laughs> yeah he just like regurgitates some piece of equipment that he's decided to swallow at some point <laughs> wait what was that piece of equipment i do, i don't know because now i'm some... starting to wonder was that the, the dilithium coupler <laughs> no it definitely wasn't that because okay. <laughs> that would have been funny <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah Dow, of course is kind of full of himself and everything. And Jamie was like, you've got to do this. And he says, I'll use the vehicle replicator, but it's been disabled. And I forget the reason they thought it was disabled because of the time stuff or whatever. But I mm -hmm. thought it was maybe because of that. Uh, Dreadnought was kind of taking over that vehicle replicator, but being put yeah. together in a different time. Right. So it, it, yeah, it definitely yeah. was. You see on the, on the computer screen, the little corruption that's going on yeah that yeah but then dow didn't get everything like he started to put the together and he finally gets the warp matrix together and then jamie tells him where he can hook it up <laughs> then the problem is we were missing the dilithium coupler and he can't find it and then runs out of time so now we go to gwen and gwen has to go find the dilithium coupler and of course what starts to happen then we have dreadnought coming through and he's now completely built and chasing her down and wow for him to say to her that she is the greatest mistake i was like that is that is nasty it's hurtful yeah but at the same time i also hope that he's right because you know he did make a mistake making her because she's gonna take him down exactly. so yeah I darn like rights <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then he turns Janeway off, and so she can't help, and so, you know. Not just turns her off, though. Deletes <gasps> her. Deletes her. And remember the code? Yeah, with, with Chakotay's voice, his yes. command codes. With a 47 in it, too. Yes! Exactly. <laughs> I picked up on that, too. That's so cool. So, yeah, we got all that, and then she figures out, you know, she'll blow them out into space, but then there goes the warp matrix, too. Oh, mm -hmm. no. What are they going to do? But then that eventually takes us back to Rock Talk and what we've just talked about earlier. So, um, first of all, I like that the Diviner is months away because I'm kind of hoping we don't get the Diviner for a while. 
Well, I mean, we only have two more episodes this first half of the season, so maybe we'll see them. <laughs> yeah, in episode I, 10. yeah, probably. It's it's a part one and part two as well. So. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. So, uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on this episode or final thoughts? Uh, one thing I loved was the reference to Apollo 13 and yeah. the, you know, them cre- uh, creating, I think it was a, a carbon dioxide filter they had to make uh, out of everything they had on the ship, basically. And the warp matrix that Dahl creates and then later Rock, Rock Talk recreates actually looks a little bit like that device they created on the Apollo 13 as well. So that was a nice little little homage there. Oh, sweet. I didn't even realize that. Okay. That's yeah, cool. not exactly, but it's kind of but similar. Close. It's like a little boxy thing with a with a hose coming or a, a connector coming out of one end. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I I, I thought that was cool. I, I like that you brought that up, the Apollo 13 reference. But uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else about the episode, but I, I mean, I really liked it. I mean, if I had to give it a score, I mean, maybe, oh man. I'd say, I mean, they're all so good. I almost want to rate them all, but <laughs> the same. But I'd say four and a half out of five dilithium couplers that you can't find. Hmm, that's a good rating. That's a good rating. I'm going to be completely honest. This is my favorite episode of the series thus far, and I pretty much have to give it ten out of ten safe crossings of a chicken fox and grain across a river because this i i love this episode rock talk is the embodiment of that idea that that people have of a show where they say like you know if you hurt so and so character we riot that's how i feel about rock talk like i was my heart was breaking for her and i was so proud of her at the end of this episode i love that character so much uh, I just really love this episode and the fact that they did something new and different with time in Star Trek. You know, some some shades of some things we've seen before, ideas like that, but still generally kind of a unique idea that we've never quite seen in Star Trek before. So this was a perfect episode of Prodigy to me. I'm also still just loving the ship, the outside shots of it. Oh, yeah. I just, it's really growing on me. I mean, I liked it from the beginning, but it's like, it's familiar. And so I'm really loving it. Yeah. And those windows along the edge of the, the saucer. Yeah. I, I didn't realize those were so big and like that big hallway. Oh, beautiful. I, I want to live on that ship. I know. I'm, I, I hadn't thought about it, but is this one of my favorites? If not my favorite, I don't know. Probably not. I can't say that yet. But it's getting up it's there good. for me. I'm a huge fan of the Defiant, but this is getting up there for me. I love yeah. the ship. Oh, man. I, I think the only reason, though, I mean, I've noticed a pattern here, Dan. You seem to love episodes that have chickens in them. So I think that's yeah. really what's going on here. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, when you're not watching episodes of Star Trek with chickens, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on youtube.com slash Productions, where I do those live shows that uh, we were talking about earlier, uh, usually on Saturday evenings, uh, sometimes other times, usually on Saturday and uh, by your logic, by the way, I think my favorite episode of Prodigy will be the one where they visit a Popeyes by the sounds of it. So, <laughs> yeah, because you know what? You got to love that chicken from Popeyes. 
Definitely. <laughs> and uh, Bruce, where can people find you? <laughs> well, when I'm not at Popeyes, you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. And you can find me also in Goodreads and on Facebook. And check out our Goodreads group for Positively Trek. It's our book club that shows you the upcoming books coming up on those episodes. And also we have our discussion group on Facebook and just ask to come in. We'll let you in. There's great conversations and we're always there. And yeah, you can also send us an email, positivelytrek at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at positivelytrek and also on Instagram. And I think that's about covers it. But also consider being a patron on Patreon for Positively Trek. Just look for us there and we have just little perks and stuff in there. Uh, and we appreciate all the help that you give us because there are costs involved in publishing these podcasts. So we want to stick around just a little longer, you know, because there's a lot of episodes coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk about all of them because, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We want to talk about all of them. And when we do, there's one thing we're definitely going to do. We're going to stay positive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.